0: What's up folks, and welcome to Howard's Blend. This is your host, Howard Blend, and if this is your first time listening to us, we're glad to have you. If you're a returning listener, well thanks for coming back. And our sponsor for today is Distance to Empty, a new psychological experience from writer, director, actor, producer, Stefan Mohammedy. In this episode of Howard's Blend. Now, in the pancreas, there are beta cells, and those beta cells are what produce insulin. The beta cells are producing insulin just fine. The problem is that the cells no longer accept the blood sugar. Diabetes also can affect digestion, leading to diarrhea, constipation, vomiting. This episode is part one of what is currently a three part series covering the topic of diabetes. So, this episode, part one, is going to go over what is diabetes, as well as going into the different types of diabetes. Now, part two is going to cover the potential causes and risk factors that may increase your susceptibility to getting diabetes. Now, I will say that in part one, this episode, I do go into briefly some causes of diabetes. Now, that's only to explain in more detail the different types of diabetes, but part two is going to give more detail. And part three is going to go over treatments of diabetes. So, we're going to kick the episode off with an explanation of the role of glucose or blood sugar in our bodies. And how our body uses various hormones to try to regulate the amount of blood sugar in our body. So you wake up one morning, it's time to eat breakfast. So you sit down to a bowl of Cheerios with some milk. Now the Cheerios and the milk, uh, which has sugar in it, contain carbohydrates. So you eat the cereal with the milk. And eventually that cereal the carbohydrates from it, is broken down and turned into blood sugar. Now, the glucose is going to circulate through your bloodstream. So, in order for your body to utilize that glucose, it has to be taken out of the bloodstream and stored. So, it's primarily stored in the liver, in your skeletal muscles. Now, the sugar can also be stored in fat cells as body fat. But once it's stored in the liver and in the skeletal muscles, it's called glycogen. So it's kind of like a, like a gas tank for, um, your body. It's, it's there ready to use. Now, what are some things that your body can use that glycogen for? Well, it can use it while you sleep. And when your body needs energy to do repair, to repair itself. And we're going to go back to your body using glucose while you sleep here in a minute. But also during exercise, when you work out, your muscles need that glycogen in order to work out for energy. There's just a couple of examples of what that stored energy glycogen can be used for. Now, in order for it to be stored in the liver, in order for it to be stored in the skeletal muscles, in order for it to be stored in the fat cells as body fat, there's a hormone At play and that is insulin. Insulin is the hormone that facilitates that storage of glucose into those body fat, liver, muscles as glycogen. Now insulin is produced by the pancreas which is it sits behind your stomach so it's kind of the back of your torso. Now in the pancreas there are beta cells. And those beta cells are what produce insulin. So again, insulin's job is to go take the glucose in the blood and then shuttle it to the liver, the skeletal muscles, and body fat. Another hormone produced by the pancreas, by the A cells, is glucagon. Now, glucagon does the opposite. It actually facilitates more glucose getting into your bloodstream. Now, why would you want more glucose into the bloodstream? This is what I talked about when I say we're going to return back to needing energy while you sleep. You got to breathe while you sleep. Your heart's got to beat while you sleep. Your body's repairing itself. So in order for that to happen, your pancreas releases glucagon. It goes to the liver, and then from there, the liver will take the glycogen, and it's broken down to turn it back into glucose to be released into the bloodstream so the body can use it. Now that process, and I'm probably going to butcher it because I'm horrible with pronunciation, is glycogenolysis. Now this process with glucagon facilitating the conversion of glycogen back into glucose also happens while you do fasting because fasting's real popular now. I I do uh, intermittent fasting. So these two hormones, insulin and glucagon, they have opposite responsibilities, but they work together to help regulate the amount of blood sugar uh, in your body. So an example, so what I use back in the, um, at the beginning here, when you wake up for breakfast and you eat cereal. So when you eat that cereal, the carbohydrates, your pancreas then creates insulin. So your insulin goes up because now the job is get that sugar out of the bloodstream so once the sugar starts to drop your pancreas decreases the amount of insulin it produces doesn't need any more the sugar's going down and then if you have your cereal and then you don't eat for another 20 hours well then you're fasting now your pancreas releases glucagon to go to the liver and say hey i need glucose. We're fasting here. We're not taking any more food. We need energy. So then the glucagon facilitates the production of the glucose from the glycogen. Now, how does this relate to our discussion about diabetes? Well, diabetes is a disease where your body doesn't utilize the glucose properly. And it's going to become more clear what I mean by The body not utilizing glucose properly when I go over the types of diabetes. Now, there's type 1, type 2, and gestational diabetes. So we're going to start with type 1. Now, type 1 is often referred to as juvenile diabetes, but anybody can get it at any time. It just usually occurs or it's first um, diagnosed when someone's younger years, hence juvenile diabetes. So in simple terms, diabetes is when your pancreas does not produce insulin. So potential causes of this could be an immune issue, immune system issue, where your immune system attacks the beta cells in the pancreas, destroying them, and thus they can't produce insulin. Now it could also be related to a virus, and the virus could set off uh, a chain of events which ultimately lead in which ultimately lead to the destruction of the beta cells in the pancreas but again i'm going to keep it short because that's on the second part of the series so as we discussed at the beginning of the episode if you have no insulin then glucose is going to continuously circulate throughout your bloodstream so what's the problem with that well sugar can be extremely damaging to organs of your body, to nerves, etc. I mean it can damage peripheral nerves and where you can lose feeling like in your toes and in your fingers. It can damage the retina of your eye where you can start losing your eyesight. It can damage your kidneys. Yeah, it, it does a lot of damage. So that's the reason why insulin's there is to take it out of the bloodstream so there's less um potential of it causing damage. And at this moment there is no cure for type 1 diabetes now there are different uh, screening tests that can be used to help diagnose type 1 diabetes one of those is random plasma glucose it's basically a test that measures your blood sugar at a single point in time now another test is hemoglobin a1c which that tests the blood sugar over a period of time i believe it's like three months Now, another test that can be done to diagnose type 1 diabetes, and this goes back to what I was talking about, the possible causes is to test for autoantibodies. Now, autoantibodies are antibodies that attack healthy tissue and healthy cells. So it's literally like your immune system is attacking your body instead of attacking like viruses or uh, bacteria. So in summary... Type one diabetes is when your pancreas does not produce insulin. So you eat the cereal with the milk. That glucose is going to continuously circulate through your bloodstream unless you do something to take it out of the bloodstream, which is why, uh, diabetics will be prescribed insulin. And so the, you actually inject insulin and then the insulin then acts to remove the glucose from the bloodstream and then store it in the Liver in the skeletal muscles and in body fat, as we talked about at the beginning. Now, conversely, type two diabetes is where your pancreas produces insulin, but your cells become resistant to insulin's effect. And that's why it's sometimes called insulin resistant diabetes. So the beta cells are producing insulin just fine. The problem is that the cells no longer accept the blood sugar. So it's like a stop sign. It's like, nope, you're not coming in here. So as a result, the pancreas produces more and more and more insulin, and it takes more and more insulin for the cells to accept the glucose. The The end result is the same as type 1, where the glucose is circulating through the body, and that can cause damage. Type 2 diabetes has often been associated with middle-aged people, older people. I'm middle-aged, and I consider myself old, so older people but it's seen now in children now uh, obesity you know being overweight is a possible factor for type 2 diabetes family history and I've talked about this before I think I talked about it on the episode where I discussed what I put in my protein drink my, on my dad's side of the family there is type 2 diabetes so you know you have to be very cognizant if you have a family history of diabetes that it doesn't mean you're gonna get it, but it's a a possible higher risk for developing type 2 diabetes. Also, a uh, race could play a factor. If you're African American, uh Native American, you know, Asian American, uh Hispanic or Latino, those groups can be uh more susceptible to developing type 2 diabetes than other ethnicities. So screening for type 2 diabetes is almost exactly the same as the type 1 diabetes. You testing your blood sugar at a particular time. Usually you can you test it when you're fasting to see okay is um are my glucose levels dropping after I eat? They should go down when you're fasting and then they should go up after you eat, but then they should drop back down in a relatively uh relatively short period of time it shouldn't take like you know 15 15 hours for them to drop if it's shooting way up after you eat and then it's not going down or it takes a long time for the blood sugar levels to go down then it could be a signal that your body's having trouble removing the glucose from your bloodstream and also uh the hemoglobin a1c test again that measures kind of your blood sugar levels over a period of time so they can, so the doctors can see, okay, you know, is it just high when we tested there just randomly? Something happened when we tested your blood sugar. But, you know, now we can see it over three months to see, oh, it's just one little spike here, but the rest of your blood sugar levels look, look normal. So the, the issue with the hemoglobin A1C and then testing your blood sugar, and this relates back to type one diabetes, is those two tests don't tell you what type of diabetes you have. And you know, that's why they, We'll use testing for the, the auto antibodies as a possible way to screen for type one because that does not show up in type two. Now I mentioned that, um, you know, obesity can be a factor in type two diabetes, but you don't have to be overweight to get type two diabetes. Now I've known people that have been diagnosed with type two diabetes and they're not overweight. You know, they're slender people. Uh, so, you know, don't let that fool you that. Oh, well, I don't, I don't have to worry about, you know, diabetes because I'm not overweight. That's not always the case. It could, now being overweight again can be a risk factor to increase the susceptibility to it, but it's not always the case. Now, the third type of diabetes we're going to discuss today is gestational diabetes. And that's diabetes that occurs during pregnancy. Now, why this happens is because the placenta will actually produce hormones to help sustain the pregnancy. Now, that hormone can make the cells more resistant to insulin. So it's the same end result as type 2 diabetes, but the causation is different with both of them. Now, when that occurs, you know, the gestational diabetes, the pancreas can then produce more insulin, just like with someone with type 2 diabetes, but there are times where the pancreas can't keep up the blood sugar builds up and then that's dangerous, not only for the mother, but now you have the child there as well. So a few risk factors can be women who are like over 30 years old, diagnosed with uh, pre-diabetes. Basically, you have higher than normal blood sugar. It's not high enough to be considered diabetes, type 2 diabetes yet, but uh, you're getting there. With pre-diabetes, you're on the road to getting to uh, type 2 diabetes if it's not taken care of those are a couple of risk factors to developing gestational diabetes now uh, screening for gestational diabetes usually happens around 24 to 28 weeks of pregnancy uh, one of the tests that is done is a glucose challenge test where the doctor will give them like a sweet a sweetened drink with glucose you wait about an hour and then they test your blood sugar Levels to see okay is the blood sugar like going really 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 high? I remember this when uh, my wife was pregnant with our son. Um, they did they gave her they gave her the drink at the um, appointment before she was supposed to do the glucose test. So They gave it to her. We kept it. and They said hey, an hour before your appointment, drink it. Come in and we'll test your blood. And if they notice after that one hour that your blood sugar is like spiking. Uh, then they may need to do more testing, I and mean, or it's possible you could have diabetes gestational diabetes. So what are some complications of diabetes, whether type 1, type two? Uh, there's a few that are related gestational that we'll discuss here, but it affects your heart, cardiovascular disease. All right, folks, sorry about that. Hopefully you didn't notice. Well, I guess by talking about it now, it'll be clear that it happened. I had to stop the recording. Uh, and now we're joined by my co-host, Little Sammy. Little Sammy, you want to say hi? Say hi. Oop. well, I guess not. He'll probably speak up while I'm in a deep discussion over this topic. Because that's the way he is. He takes after his father. So, we're going to go over now the complications that can occur from diabetes, type 1, type 2, and gestational. Now, first on the list is cardiovascular disease. (laughs) Diabetes can lead to heart attacks, strokes, narrowing of the arteries, atherosclerosis. Diabetes can also um, be a higher risk for stroke. And we talked about this at the beginning of, uh, or earlier in the episode, I should say, neuropathy, nerve damage. The cause of this is because the diabetes, or I should say the excess glucose, can damage the tiny blood vessels that help provide uh, nourishment to the nerves, and especially in your legs where they get the, uh, uh, the you know the loose feeling in your toes, uh, etc., and in your fingers, uh, at the periphery of your body. But uh, over time, that tingling or or numbness from the nerve damage spreads. It doesn't just stay in your feet or your fingers. It starts to spread to other parts of your body. Mm. Diabetes also can affect digestion, leading to diarrhea, constipation, vomiting. And for us guys out there, it can contribute to erectile dysfunction, especially with from the damaging of the, the nerves, uh, from the excess blood sugar. And the excess blood sugar can also damage your kidneys, which could ultimately lead to you having to get a kidney transplant. We talked about it earlier, but it can damage your eye and it can lead to blindness. The excess in blood sugar, um, also can result in cuts and blisters that like for example usually will happen on the toes uh, they don't heal properly and they can become serious infections which can lead to amputations mm. type 2 diabetes can also contribute to an increased risk of dementia and alzheimers now potential uh, complications for the baby Uh, for gestational diabetes is the baby grows too large. The excess of glucose in the mother can cause the baby's pancreas to produce too much insulin. That can result in the baby growing too large. And babies can be born with hypoglycemia because their pancreas is producing so much insulin from the high blood sugar in the mother that their blood sugar is low. And mothers with gestational diabetes, that can lead to the babies having a higher risk of obesity and type 2 diabetes. Now, if the gestational diabetes is left untreated, if your mother or if a mother has it and it's not treated, it could lead to the baby's death. Yay. Now, what are some symptoms of diabetes? So we're going to start with some type 1 diabetes symptoms. First is fruity smelling breath. Now, an aside here, um, when I was sick, and I've talked about it before, when I lost a, a ton of weight, I lost over 80 pounds. Um, my mom often told me, like, Howard, your your breath smells like really fruity. And she's been a nurse since before I was born. So she knew that that could be a sign of type 1 diabetes. So I'd go see endocrinologists and they tested me for it. Thankfully, I I don't have it. but um, So that is one symptom of type 1 diabetes. Dry skin is another symptom. Nausea, vomiting, stomach pain. Confusion and trouble paying attention, trouble breathing. Now, obviously, I think Sam is is getting upset here. He wants he wants to uh, he wants to speak on the mic. You okay, buddy. You okay? You okay, little Sammy? What's wrong, buddy? Hmm? Hmm? You okay, little buddy? Okay, folks, um, had to take another little break there. Uh, Sammy's getting quite upset. He's eating a lot today, but sometimes he just gets a little, a little antsy. Oh, I think he just hit the microphone there. Oh, let me move him so he doesn't hit it again. One second. All right, I think we left off with the, uh, the signs or possible symptoms of type 1 diabetes. Now, some of those symptoms, especially, uh, oop, let's give him a second here. Let's see if he calms down. We're doing now we're doing like unedited podcasting here, folks, so we're breaking new ground here. <laughs> you all right, little buddy? You want something you wanna to add to the to the discussion? Hmm? Okay. All right, buddy. We're almost done. We're almost done. But uh some of those symptoms, you know, trouble breathing, trouble concentrating, you know, nausea, vomiting well, that could be a million fucking things, you know. <laughs> so, uh, you know, obviously, if if you're having it for a while and it's not getting better, you obviously want to go see a doctor and then you know get a more professional opinion than um, you know my little spiel here. Now, for type two diabetes, uh, some symptoms are an increased thirst. And about this, you get really, really, really thirsty. And you're urinating a lot. Now Those can go uh, in conjunction with one another. You're drinking more, obviously you're going to pee more. Um, you get hungry a lot and you start losing weight because now that if you have like a type two where your body's not uh, able to store the the glucose properly, well, your body's got to get rid of that glucose somehow. And so you can also get sometimes get rid of it through urination and you're losing weight because you're not able to store it because there's no insulin or I should, should say, let me retract that, your cells become resistant to insulin's effects. So you actually can lose weight and fatigue, irritability, um, it can start affecting your vision. You can get blurred vision. Also slow healing sores. What well, we talked about earlier where in your toes and everything, it doesn't heal right. And that can lead to infection. So it's something to be cognizant of is that sores are taking a while to heal. One complication I want to, I missed this in my notes. I want to go back to discuss it for type one diabetes is diabetic ketoacidosis. So that is when there's a presence, uh, that is tested, I should say, by the presence of ketones in the urine. Now, uh, with all the craze of the ketogenic diet going on, it is the same in that there are ketones in both a type 1 diabetic with diabetic ketoacidosis and someone who's just doing a ketogenic diet, but they are different ketogenic or being in ketosis is much different than diabetic ketoacidosis. So if you're in ketosis, basically you're extremely limiting the amount of carbohydrates that you're consuming. So there's no glucose or very little glucose in the bloodstream. So your body has to look for another source of energy. That's fat. So in order to utilize that fat as energy, your body produces ketones in order to facilitate using that fat, that stored fat as energy, and then the fat you can you consume as well. So with diabetic ketoacidosis, you have the ketosis going on because there's ketones, but that is a result of your body being unable to use glucose. Now, like I said previously, this normally happens in a type 1. is very rare that this happens in a type 2 diabetic. So type 1, again, there's no insulin production. There's no, the beta cells are not able to produce insulin or there's no beta cells at all. So there's no insulin. So blood sugar circulates through the bloodstream. So your body can't utilize that sugar as energy because it's unable to get it into the cells. So the body's like okay I need I need a energy source so it goes to fat so it produces ketones. So with diabetic ketoacidosis you have the combination of ketones in the body and excess blood sugar and that causes an extremely acidic environment for your body and that damages organs. It is fatal if you do not get treatment with it so um, that is a A very severe complication of type 1 diabetes. Now, um, diabetic ketoacidosis is can be triggered by like an illness. Um, and during an illness, uh, hormones like adrenaline and cortisol can be produced and those actually counteract the effects of insulin. Another, uh, potential cause of diabetic ketoacidosis is, um, improper use of insulin. Like if, if you're a type 1 diabetic, uh, and you're missing insulin doses. So now your body's not getting the insulin in order to properly remove that glucose from your bloodstream. Well, folks, uh, that pretty much wraps it up for the first part in this, I said, currently three part series on diabetes. Now, uh, as usual, when I do any of these types of uh, shows where I do research on it, I'm putting all the resources that I used in the description of the show, so go check it out. And I encourage you, if I said anything that was wrong or uh, you want to challenge anything I say, please feel free to reach out to me. My email address is in the description of the show as well as where you can find me on social media. Because I want to make sure that I'm providing correct information. Now, I can go much deeper, uh, the sources that I provide and other sources I saw. I can go into much more in depth, uh, on this topic. But again, kind of the purpose of doing these, um, you know, research, uh, intensive episodes, uh, organic foods, uh, the buying versus renting and then now diabetes, the three that I can think of off the top of my head uh, is kind of to wet your whistle, you know, so it's something you find interesting. Well, then I encourage you to go research it yourself. Uh, so that's, I'm spurring, I'm trying to spur interest, uh, in the people out there, cause it's important that you know, these things, and especially with diabetes, cause it's on the rise. Uh, it's important that you're aware so that you can be proactive in trying to, uh, take care of yourself. Now, if you enjoyed this episode and you found value in it, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and conversely, if you hated the show, I'm going to send Sammy after you. Just don't subscribe, leave a low rating, and leave a crappy review. Just be honest, that's all I ask. Now, if you enjoyed the show, I do ask that you share it with at least one friend you can share it from apple Podcasts. share it with more hey the more the better but one is all i ask as a favor to me for making this show all for you all for your knowledge now with that said thanks again for listening howard and sammy out from the Back cave studios and throw away that donut